there's been a murder of podcast. A bloody mess. Interesting fact about child psychologists. I had to see one when I was about seven or eight. Really? Yes. When I lived in Hong Kong, we lived in... Have you told me this before? I don't know. I didn't realize until maybe like four years ago that it was a child psychologist, although I remember kind of what happened. It just never yeah. clicked that that was a child psychologist. Okay. Uh, we lived in high-rise flats, and my best friend, and we were in primary three, so however, however old you are in primary three. To be honest, I think I know this story, but didn't know this side of it. But he, There were flash floods in Hong Kong, and they were really, really bad, really bad. I remember we were out, and we were trying to get home, and we couldn't get a taxi or a bus or anything. And then there were landslides, and then my friend lived in the bottom floor. So he he suffocated and died, and apparently for the next few weeks, I was acting up a lot. I don't remember what I was doing, but apparently I was acting up, so my parents took me to a child psychologist. All right. Yeah. That's very responsible then, because the... I mean, if, it, if I was in that situation, I would have just gone, give him a couple of weeks, he'll be fine. Yeah, I but think twice- it was a case of that. It was a case of that. But I think, but I think to actually actively seek out a psychologist to basically... Because obviously there's quite a lot of trauma if you deal with it at a young age. Yeah, but you you don't understand it at that age. I don't understand. I didn't understand it. I think on a subconscious level, you'd have faced your own mortality a lot earlier than you should have done. Well, I don't understand what that sentence means. Well, you know when you're about 18, 20, 22, yeah. and you start thinking not about death, but you start realizing like, oh shit, this is this isn't going to go on forever. Well, no, I've no, no, no. I've only just started thinking about that for reasons we won't mention on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, apparently I was acting up. And I remember we were at the funeral, right? This is not funny, but looking back, it was, it's funny because I find this this so funny. But I was sitting next to the guy's brother who was younger, so he would have been about four or five. Yeah, and he had a bag, and he was <laughs> he was trying to play his Game Boy at his own brother's funeral. And my mum was getting really, really pissed off because I was laughing and she was getting really pissed off. That's probably about half of it because I was laughing at a funeral of my best friend. I, th- I think the good thing about that is that shows that his parents did quite a good job of shielding his younger brother from it. Yeah. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I met the mother two years ago when I went back to Hong Kong because I think All she right. still keeps in touch with my mum. Yeah. Um, so we just had a chat about it and that. It was an open casket, which is weird. You still, I still remember the face. Still really? remember the face, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unusual. See, they have that a lot in America, but and they and they have the the body comes into the house in Ireland, but I don't, I don't think in the mainland UK really have anything like that, do we? Yeah, and I've never been to one another one, so no. But that was Hong Kong, so yeah, and they were a Malaysian family, so I don't know if that's a Malaysian thing. Ah, uh, it could be. But I, th- I believe the younger brother is now in Canada. He's an animator. I think he went through a drinking problem, but he's got himself sorted now. Well, that's good. I think, I believe, yeah. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. If you're out there and you're listening, we hope you're okay. Imagine he was listening. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if he found it organically. Exactly. Because I'm not friends with him on Facebook. I'm friends with some people I went to school with in Hong Kong, but not um, not any of them. I don't think any of my friends listen to this. No. I'm quite a, quite a private person. <laughs> I know, you don't even share it on your Facebook. No. Well, that's the thing. You'll also notice that I'm not really like tagging myself on my personal Facebook and my personal Instagram because I just don't yeah. really... I don't like mixing the different aspects of my life. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know why. I've Not so much the people, but they just in my in my head, it's very uh, compartmentalised. It's just how I, I yeah. deal with well, things. I'm not. I'm just an open book. Yeah. 
So yeah, carry on. Yeah, I was I was interested. I liked that. There you go. Hope I hope you feel closer to me now. I do, uh, even though we are miles miles apart. <laughs> Only till September. Exactly, and then we're gonna come down here and fuck shit up. Exactly. Another horrifying instance resulted in uh, the term the judge used was an absolute relentless paedophile infiltrating a Jesus Fellowship community and abusing three children. Say, relentless paedophile is two words that are just fucking horrific together, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I did have an alternative joke for that. My joke was that was one of the less successful energy drink flavours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. See, Kevin, see... I was gonna even better. It only came in little cans. Oh God. Okay, yeah, well, that's staying in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See your your line here: community and abusing three childrens. Is that a different font? It looks funny on my screen. No, it's same font. Oh well, carry on. Are you are you looking at it using your, the same eyes? No, sorry, I was using someone else's eyes. Uh, that, See, that's why it looks different. <sighs> here we go. Carry on. Due to the complete lack of background checks, James Gardner was allowed to work at the community house in Pattis Hall. If checks had been done, the Jesus Fellowship Church would have seen that he had a string of previous child sex convictions. He had fled Scotland after being convicted of offences against members of a youth football team. He preyed on three boys aged under 10 over a period of seven years by inviting them down to the cellar to look at his pet dogs, where they were then offered sweets and bribes before being sexually abused. I read that these offences only came to light many years later when two of his victims' latent memories were brought back to the surface when they revisited the cellar. So yeah. that, that's like um, repressed memories almost, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's that's the horrible thing. I mean, I don't know why they were going back to the cellar. Perhaps that they still remain relatively close to the church. Well, maybe, yeah. These maybe. could have been current members who went downstairs and ordered those. I also realised that the way I phrased the last bit, the three boys that he abused were in the community house in Patters Hall. They weren't the Scottish football team. Oh. If that explains it, yeah. Because he was doing that whilst oh, he was in. It's just clicked, James. They were going to the underground well, not the <laughs> cellar. Yeah. That's it. And the sweets you were offering uh, were M and M's. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah. He was jailed for five years, uh, placed on the sex offenders register for life, and will be on license and liable to recall to prison. That's basically like extended parole. You, yep. if you're on license, if you do, if you do anything wrong, you're going straight back to jail. Is, Which that, is, is, that, that, is that for life? Uh, I think that was up until 2020. Right, okay. Uh, okay. So I think at the time it was, once he'd been released, I think he had like eight or ten years on okay. license. Is that, is is that for ago. is that for any crime? I think it varies, but there's conditions of his parole, and it might be yeah. like going near school and things like that. But also, they're saying that because of the nature of him as a person, if he's not living a straightforward life, it's going to escalate quickly. Yeah. yeah so yeah, if yeah. the first thing is him, him having a knife, him being where he shouldn't be, he needs to go back to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's rightfully so. Now, another member of a Northwest branch of the Jesus Fellowship Church targeted one boy as he slept in his bed at a Jesus Army house in Preston and lured another to his bedroom with the promise of dried fruit. Hang on, isn't um, Preston further north than Sheffield? That's actually a good point. Yeah, it is. Um, also, isn't Preston near you? 
Yeah, it is. It's Preston's about 25, 30 miles from me. I go there quite a lot. And also what I found funny about this is the promise of dried fruit. Now, if someone offered me drive-thru, I'd just just tell them to beat it. Not my my penis. (laughs) But can you imagine? Be like, hey, young man, I've got some fucking raisins for you. It's not not exactly enticing, is it? No, but you've got to remember that these kids aren't... Not your kids off the street that walk around with... You know, share, sharing packs of Harry Balls and cans of Red Bull. These are kids that have been brought up in these cult situations, having very limited diets. Yeah. They're not on the chocolate. They're not on the fruit shoots. They're okay. on rice, water, grains, things like that. Shit food. So, if you kind of take a raisin out of context, think how sweet it is. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. If you so, want to ruin my joke, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, keep them coming. I'll, keep, you know, you set them up. I'll knock them out of the park. And I like how you said Red Bull there when you actually meant um, absolute relentless paedophile. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to. You know, other energy drinks are available. I didn't want to <laughs> keep you know branding. I don't want to lose my sponsorship from Monster. <laughs> monster athlete, couch potato. <laughs> relentless monster paedophile. Yeah. <laughs> right. I relentless couch potato. <laughs> <laughs> now. Living within the religious community, this man was a trusted member and he was staying in a shared house with several families. Worryingly, he also worked as a school caretaker and a... Now, the phrase I'm going to use here, lollipop lady. Are you aware of what a lollipop lady is, Jen? Is it like a lollipop man but a female? Yeah. Okay. But we, but we, I grew up never having had male ones until very later on, so we still used to call the male one a lollipop lady. Oh, right, okay. I just called like, him the lollipop man. Yeah, but like You're, you'd call a post a female postman a female postman, not a postwoman. Uh, we call them posties up here. Ah, I, I really, I really don't like um, lollipop men or lollipop ladies. Anyway, they provide a good service, but I don't know. You have to ask me why. Why? They make me cross. <laughs> Is that going back to your anger issues from when you were acting up? No, it's just a terrible joke. Oh, right, okay. Oh, God, you're ruining everything. Sorry. Do you want to try that one again? No. Where did we get to? Without going into too much detail, on several occasions he would approach the children and find some way to get them into his room, and then he'd either force themselves upon him uh, or describe lewd acts to them almost in a form of perverted verbal foreplay with a child. It's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, it's horrible. What he would do is, he would say, uh, one of the ones he would do is he'd say, oh, let me just, you sit there, pal, and let me just go and get this thing from behind you. And as he was reaching over them, he'd start, like, grabbing them and stuff. It's awful. Yeah. I don't like it, obviously. Would he, would he, take, them to, would he do, take them to the cinema and just do that yawning move where he just puts his arm around them? Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> no, he would, he would uh, take children away from the families and molest them. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, right. During the trial, it was brought to light that he had moved uh, within the Jesus Army's network of properties in Preston and Northampton. Do you think he was moving after the instances of abuse to avoid being caught? Yeah, I mean, it's quite possible that he'd done that because it seems strange to go all that distance. You'd think you'd move locally if you were just yeah. wanting to change the scenery, but then again, I moved from near Preston up to Dundee, so I suppose it's better, <laughs> you know. It's a bit of a strange one. But it definitely just seems suspicious. I mean, 
there was also allegations made that he had carried out a string of rapes and sexual assaults on children living within the Lancashire Jesus Army community, and the other man was called to stand trial. His victims, who are now adults, were actually visibly distressed while testifying in court. Quite rightly, too, especially the one who was lured by dried, dried apricots. Imagine the look on the jury's face. <laughs> it's a joke, by the way. It's oh, a joke. Okay. I was going to say, uh, the, the, really, this this whole thing is raising important issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Very good. I hope that comes across in the podcast very well. Yeah, I hope so, too. Raising the standard of our comedy. <laughs> I can't think of any other dried fruits. <laughs> no, I just keep thinking apricot, but I can't think of a word for it. Yeah. I mean, um, really, the thing yeah, with our comedy, is, yeah. our comedy is really dry, isn't it? Oh, I was going to say yeah. you have to prune through a lot of the bad jokes oh, to get to the facts. Look at that mango. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Carry on. Oh, right, back to the child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> the, ju- the, ju- <laughs> uh, we're not, we have to laugh at this to be able to do it. To be honest, it's yeah. we're not pointing fun at the victims. It's just, it's just a coping mechanism, really. Now, the judge handed the man a four-year sentence for abusing the first boy, and a further twelve months for his attack on the second boy. In my mind, I always have issues with this because it's almost like you're saying. That boy mattered more, or really, it's down to the strength of the conviction. Uh, yeah. the, if you'd have, if you'd have tried to go for the higher the higher offence on the second boy, you might not have been able to secure a conviction, and then he wouldn't have been charged with anything. And I know, yeah. as the family members, you have to look at his sentencing on the whole. But if you were the family of the one that got only, you were the family of the child whose crimes only got the man twelve months, you'd be a bit like, oh, has he only got twelve months? Yeah. It was just as bad as the other boy. But um, I know it's cliched to say, but it's not about what happened, it's about what you can prove in court. Eh, hundred percent, yeah, and it's also about like how likely a conviction is. So they may not have even they may not have even took the uh, greater charges to the court crime prosecution service. They might not have even yeah. gone that far. Yeah. I was reading a a another true crime article and it was saying about a bloke that got sentenced and I think he'd killed God knows how many people. I can't remember. But the I don't think I think they threw out two or three of the murder cases and then just went after him for the others. Uh, and you kind of think, oh, is it rape cases or something? And you, you think they got the guy and they threw the book at him and he's in prison. But you also think, like, oh, bloody hell, if that were mine that he got thrown out over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't feel like you've. I mean, you have got justice because the man's been captured and put in prison, but you don't feel like it's been resolved for you personally. Those like the Peter Manuel one. Yeah, where he killed a few people, but he only got charged for one because I had the most proof. But he got sentenced to death anyway. But yeah. he didn't formally get charged for the other two or three. Yeah, it's kind of like you want that. I suppose it's closure in a way that you want the acknowledgement from the authorities yes. that yes, he killed that person, and yes, we're going to do this to him. Yeah. Not just well, we've killed him. What more do you want? It kind of it feels a bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially when the he's just going to jail and not on death row. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, luckily, it wasn't just Dale. Uh, Dale. <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't. It was, it was Dale. It was Alan. It was... Yeah. 
<laughs> it wasn't just jail. Uh, he was also placed on the sex offenders register for life and made the subject of a sexual harm prevention order to protect, protect other children. That's good. Yeah, I think that's actually, a, it's like a series of conditions. So he's not allowed in this place, he's not allowed in that place, he's not allowed access to computers, things like that. It's like a series of conditions Yeah. forever, which is good. Now, it's worth pointing out that many of these convictions were as a direct result of the focused police effort Operation Lifeboat, specifically targeted at suspect Nancy members of the Jesus Fellowship. There, in 2013, it invited disclosure from members and former members of the congregation, leading to a number of arrests. Northamptonshire police are to be commended for the incredibly sensitive manner in which they handled this. Uh, after one conviction, they, in the press release, press release, uh, what's it called? Uh, the press conference. Conference, yeah, in the press conference, they stressed that the door was was always open and that they would always investigate cases of historical sexual abuse. Good, so they should. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think with these things, it's important to put yourself out to the uh, fraudulent cases in order to allow the genuine ones to be investigated fully and so the people will come forward. I think it's par for the course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. You need to have this open door so people will come forward. Yeah, definitely. You need you need to you need them to know that not only will it be uh, taken seriously, but it'll also be followed up and investigated. Because imagine going going through all this, having to relive it, having to give the details. Yeah, the police are going to be really understanding. But imagine they just went, okay, thank you, and then never did anything with it. Yeah, it's like um, it's not like, but I can liken it to. I know you don't follow football, but there's mm-hmm. no openly gay professional footballer playing. Okay. But there was a Twitter account opened a few weeks ago yeah, called The Gay Footballer or something like that. And he yeah. was saying he spoke to his club and he's at a high-level club um, in the second tier in England. So it's high-level, very rich man. Yeah. Spoke to his club, he spoke to the chairman and all that and he was going to come out and it was meant to be Thursday today. It was maybe yesterday. Right. But then he, he tweeted out on Tuesday night. So it was Wednesday, so sorry, we're recording on a Thursday, so I'm trying to work this out. Anyways, maybe a Wednesday he came out, but he cancelled he tweeted out on Tuesday saying he didn't have the strength to do it, and then he deleted his account. Um but you just know as soon as one happens, it's just gonna open the floodgates. Yeah, and it's it shouldn't be an issue. I mean Yeah. There are cases where you've got to think I don't know, I personally think that sexuality isn't an issue, and I get that some people still don't have the the I'm not going to say modern views, I'm going to say correct views that it doesn't matter, that sexuality yeah. isn't an issue. Uh, there are people that uh, will have will have difficulty getting used to the fact that the people that they looked up to are openly gay, and that is their problem to overcome. It's not the football's problem, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, but I just think that if we keep coring these things off and boxing them off, we're never going to be able to address them. Yeah. And what my point was that it's like this sexual abuse thing. If people see other people, you know, their case has been investigated, it's just going to encourage more people to come forward. Yeah, and yeah, there's going to there's going to be some bell ends causing a backlash. Yeah, right? but always is. There's also going to be a, a lot of acceptance. And yeah. 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 And I'd I think it's it. going to. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to. Was that a gay joke? No, I don't even know what I was meaning by that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it sexual? No, it's, oh god, Alexa's just gone on. Ooh. Um, no, I don't even remember what I said. 
You said I'd accept it, and then you winked at me. <laughs> Got my dick out. Yeah, you bent over and spread of what? Right, let's carry on. Let's carry this on. Is, this is getting dangerously long. That's what she said. Hey. Hi, I'm Dr. Forgan. I'm Stu. I'm Stoby. And we are the Science of Fiction podcast. We take science from comics, TV, movies, and discuss the real-world implications of them with our real-world astrophysicist. You can find us at fcpod.net forward slash the science of fiction or search for us on your favourite podcatcher. And now, back to a bloody mess podcast. Science of fiction. I've got an addiction to the science of fiction. Another former member actually waived their right to anonymity uh, in order to ensure a story was told and to give a voice to damaged ex-members. Philippa Muller uh, moved with her parents and siblings to a Jesus Army community in the 1980s. She remembers as a child scribbling crude new drawings for fun, something we've all done. If you look at our notes for the episodes, yeah, you'll find we still do them. Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the Do you remember the instance uh, where we went to the pub to make to make to make notes for the first or second podcast episode? Yeah, and then Is the it... first thing you did was draw a controversial logo at the top of the page, uh, a big a big fl- inflammatory design. <laughs> yeah, and then realised be... that it was a mistake. Yeah, hundred percent. Then scribbled it out. That was yeah. going to be our logo. <laughs> I think, and that's been used before. Yes, it has been. And also used again, and we'll find out in two weeks' time. Oh! I love the tweenies. <laughs> <laughs> now, when the doodles were discovered, she was hauled into a quiet room with a fireplace uh, so a community elder could cast demons from her. Seems also, I, was wondering, I was wondering why the fireplace was there. Yeah. I think it's more the fact that it was like a a bit of a luxury room yeah. that only the elders had access to. Which just seems yeah. a bit. I thought know, they were casting one. the demons into the fire. Could have. Could That's have been. why I got. That's why, yeah. I, you know, otherwise the fireplace wouldn't be of any interest to the story. Could be. You're right. you I just come come in, child. You might be cold. No. Yeah. Come in, child. I've got some apricots. <laughs> and Noel Stanton, the church's aforementioned leader, preached about women's position as subservient to men. Uh, he also preached about the sinful nature of one's own genitals. And the celibacy of the clergy. Now, I know, speaking for myself, my genitals are rather sinful. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said simple. (laughs) (laughs) What, like a line drawing? (laughs) Yeah. Right, carry on. Women have to wear long skirts and cover their ears to remain modest. And uh, as we mentioned before, and they were also seen as a temptation and a threat to the godly path of the males in the community. This is all, basically, it's all spreading from the Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, basically, yeah. Uh, as a result of this, um, the fact that discussing one's body was not allowed, and when you're growing up, there's a lot of things that happen to your body that you could do with someone explaining to you, especially if you've grown up sheltered. Uh, this brave woman, Philippa, grew up with the deep-seated belief that there was something wrong with her. As a woman, I could never attain redemption because I was born of Eve. And I cast sin into the world by making Adam eat the apple of the tr- from the tree of life. Where can you go from such a negative starting point? Yeah, exactly. It's 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 not good. And this she's grown up with this, and she's internalised it. And these are like important years 
of you forming your personality and things like that, and it's it's not good. No. As a result of this, uh, when Philippa like shockingly was molested by teenage boys at a young age, she never reported it. She felt powerless, and she also felt that no one would believe her, which I think is terrible. It's it's a failing of the church in in every single way, to be honest. I think because not only the failing to not only the failing to instill the trust into the person that's being abused that they can go to people, uh, they they're not offering her an environment where she feels safe or actually is safe. They're also not instilling moral values on the children that did it. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's just a clusterfuck from start to finish, to be honest. Uh, later, she witnessed similar behaviour from an elder of the church who was molesting a younger community member, and as a result, she was actually called to testify at the trial. So, luckily, wow. some shit was going down, and there actually were some repercussions to this. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, her testifying at the trial resulted in the community completely ostracising her, and she even had a full sermon uh, by Noel Stanton directed at her on the subject of ridding the sect really? of liars. Wow. Yeah. It's basically That's saying she was full of shit. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And she was only a young woman at this point. Yeah. I mean, there were other damaging practices occurring during a time at the Jesus Fellowship Church as well. We helped in the needy, bringing the homeless alcoholics and drug addicts back into our homes, with no regard for the safeguarding of our own. I remember lying in bed at night and worrying about the drug addicts who were sharing my dormitory bedroom. I was 10 year old. Bad things were done there in an environment that was meant to be Christian and godly. But those were those things were allowed to happen because there was no safeguarding in place. We operated outside of society. That's the scary thing, isn't it, really? That last like, sentence, yeah, it's, it's like a whole different world, isn't it? Yeah, that, that makes you really worry. And the thing is, they weren't in the middle of nowhere. In They, were in, they weren't isolated in the centre of an isolated state, in the centre of mountainous country, in the centre of America. They were in Northampton. Yeah. You know, this is what's worrying. I'm just wondering why the radar didn't pick them up. Uh, because it was sweeping, and they were at one o'clock. Oh, right, uh, okay. Just, yeah. just as they, they were following the needle <laughs> round, basically. <laughs> <laughs> See, the combination of this and the aforementioned abuse she uh, both witnessed and endured resulted in her leaving the community aged 18 with no money to her name, nor a place to stay. And she actually sums up her childhood spent in this cult perfectly. The abuse wasn't just sexual. It was physical, it was financial, it was spiritual. So they're just raping her soul, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, spiritual abuse is such a profound statement. And she also said that I spent my entire upbringing based on one man's interpretation of the Bible. So that's like a... a, The definition of a cult is basically like they look up to one man and he's the leader. So that's how she's just put it in one sentence there, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is like, people say it's not a cult, but it is. It, it yeah, fucking yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Philippa actually gave up her anonymity to help right some of the wrongs that had affected her so greatly, scarring her into into adulthood. She believes that there are a lot of damaged people out there who need to be acknowledged, and it needs to be made sure that such groups cannot exist outside of government checks and child welfare provisions. An interesting question to ask is whether there were... Um statistically high proportion of paedophiles within the Jesus Fellowship um, the Barmy Jarmy <laughs> or, or whether there were no more than other walk of life and these occurrences of child sexual abuse are no more prevalent than in the outside society because the fellowship is acting in a truly re- representative sample of the population so what I kind of mean by that is 
say for example there's two percent of the members of society all society are pedophiles yeah is there two percent of the members of the barmy jarmy that are pedophiles or is there a higher percentage if that makes sense yeah i suppose it's a tricky one because uh, how i would you even test it because it's got to go off conviction rates but it's yeah. also do you go off arrests you go do you go off uh, allegations and reports it's such a tricky one because how do you know how much this was covered up yeah, exactly. How many people it's, didn't come forward? It would be a very difficult thing to to work out. But isn't it like the? Is it not one percent of all society are almost like psychopaths or very right. high? And then it's like some like three or four percent of all CEOs or like leaders of businesses are are psychopaths. So there's a higher yeah. proportion in in those job roles are yeah, psychopaths. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, I actually should have done a bit of research into that because I've got books and I know about it. But yeah, that's true. It's, it's madness. There was an interesting case of a man who, it would be better if I actually knew he, who his name, who it was. Yeah. But he he, did, he devised a test and he handed, he was a psychologist, he devised a test and he handed all these tests out to his friends and his family for everyone to do and himself and he handed them out to convicted uh, classified psychopaths to do as well. And they filled them out. And as he was looking through the results, he'd got them all and he plotted them. And he was like looking at the results, all had separate sheets of paper. And he came across one and was like, oh, that's clearly a psychopath. That's gone in the general public's population. And he moved it from one sheet to the next, from one pile to the next. Yeah. Cut to a couple of days later, he's trying to find, he's looking through the results and going, oh, I'm one short, I'm one short. Why can't I find my test results? Uh, uh. And it was his. Nah. Uh. And it turns yeah. out that he scores really high on the psychopath test, Robert Hare's psychopath test, mm-hmm. that uh, basically he'd miscategorized himself as being a convicted psychopath criminal from his <laughs> scores. And it just happens that he's basically saying that he doesn't have a lot of the f- he doesn't have a lot of the things that make people generous and empathetic and things like that. But he doesn't have the violent narcissistic side. Yeah, yeah, of him. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it basically makes him super assertive, super confident, and not very compassionate. Yeah, but he's got, which he's is got like, a family, you know. Yeah, you can. I can understand how a lot of people in high up places like that can have very psychopathic traits. It's a chicken and the egg thing, though, isn't it? It's uh, are those positions? Do those positions appeal more to people with those traits, oh, or okay, yeah. do those positions bring out those traits in people? Yeah. It's like Pavlovian conditioning to be ruthless. Yeah. Because you get what you want. A bit of both, eh? Yeah, I think so. It's interesting. Now, I do have to say, back to the topic, in the interest of providing a balanced account, the Jesus Fellowship have since implemented many safeguarding systems to actually protect the children, including regular audits from the authorities, a central team dedicated to child safety, and thorough training for all their members. Now, also, to their credit, they've also publicly acknowledged and apologised for the hurt, suffering and abuse caused to individuals whilst in their care. And in response to one conviction, a spokesman said, We welcome the verdict. We are deeply shocked and saddened by these crimes and the distress to the victims and their families. We hope the verdict will bring some sense of closure to these families. We are appalled that this, ab- ab- we are appalled that this abuse took place that it happened on our church premises, and that we have been connected to this appalling situation. Can I just say that that was like Anthony Hopkins was in the room. Who's Anthony Hopkins? Uh, Hannibal Lecter. Oh, really? Thank you very much. That, that was the most delicate Welsh accent I've ever heard. That was lovely. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I've been practising. 
I, I, you can't tell. Yeah. Right. <laughs> However, it can't be forgotten that at the heart of this shit show was just one man, Noel Stanton. Now, to some, he would seem warm, generous, and caring. To the people on the inside, especially those that grew up there, he came across as overbearing. This was very uncomfortable, and many ex-members have said, with hindsight, it was rather sleazy. Unfortunately, his death in 2009 means that Noel Stanton will never face police questioning for the crimes that occurred within the sect he controlled, hidden in plain sight, the Jesus Fellowship Church. How did he die? He just stopped. <laughs> it's not important, It was just I was just asking. No, it was, I've got it from somewhere that... I had a really good ending there, and you've just kind of like... Jumped back in and carried the conversation on. Well, oh, no. he was he was born on uh, Christmas Day. Was he? Yep. Born on Christmas Day, nineteen twenty-six. He is old, or was he? Was old? Yeah, he was. Yeah. See, the thing is, he was old, but I also think that it wasn't just old age. I think it was heart problems, and I, yep. I think that from looking, I looked into his obituary and things like that, and he did get frail. Yeah. He was also old as shit, so that's probably why. He, yeah, he was old, and um, let's see. After Stanton's death in 2009, the Jesus Army supplied allegations to Northamptonshire Police of sexual offences offenses against Stanton and others. As of 2019, there are 43 complaints of historic sexual abuse and physical abuse. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. 43. And that's of the people that have come forward in in in, in yeah. cases such as this. There are people that say, yes, it happened. <clears throat> yes, I would like you know, there'd be consequences for the people's actions. However, I do not want to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Um, that's been fun. It's been interesting. It's been sad. It's been, it's been, been disturbing. Inter- you know, we've laughed. We've cried. We've had a wank. No. <laughs> then we started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Our normal warm-up routine. Um, it's been fun. I'm enjoying the cults. Learning yeah. as we go. I'm... It's... We're kind of ending up doing longer series almost. And I don't know if this is something that we're going to continue in the future. We're definitely going to have another episode on cults because there's some other ones we need to go into. Uh, um, yeah, well, I've got one lined up and I think we'll follow up with another two cults and maybe I'll go on a homicide holiday and go on I a, think big, be a, a big serial idea. killer. Yeah, definitely. Or even maybe not a big serial killer, maybe a big serial killer, maybe just some lots of little ones. Let us know what you think. Do you prefer the more in-depth episodes? Do you prefer the ones we focus on lots of different people? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're all fun to do, so I don't mind what we do. Yeah, I, th- I think we need to we need to get back into the short, snappy episodes, keep mixing it up, because the problem with this is if someone that listens to the first episode, it's not their cup of tea, it's not what they're into, yeah. then we've, we've lost them for a month then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, social media? Yeah, we, there's, it's, it's a thing. Yep, um, we're on it. We're on Facebook, uh, just type in a bloody mess podcast. You'll find us on Facebook. Yeah, it's facebook.com slash mess podcast. Twitter.com slash mess underscore podcast. And Instagram is just a bloody mess. Yeah. And get in touch. There's a few people been getting in touch. So hello to you guys. Yeah. I mean, we'll always, we'll always reply. You'll always get a reply from us. Uh, feel free, If you just want to listen to it and say that episode was shit, don't do that again. Or that episode was great. Or just let us know. Let us know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. But um, until then, well, yeah. we'll see you later, motherfuckers. Bye, you bastards. <laughs> and stop.
You've been listening to another great podcast from the Fair City Podcast Network, a group dedicated to connecting and developing podcasts. Check out fcpod.net for more great podcasts and content.